0: Make sure the sound, oh, the sound is working. Just wave to me and smile, all of you beautiful people. Amen. <laughs> wow. I was just thinking about it on my way here. Uh, It it was actually three years ago since last time I was here, and I was with you here in Dover, Delaware. And I have so many different memory stones of so many, even actually some of the faces that are here. Some of you were on the floor, and I was just remember actually a little bit over in this section, there was a lady there, and and, uh, she had some screws because of the metal in her mouth, and we just actually were just seeing it just disappearing, or at least we couldn't even feel it afterwards, and so I was thinking about the healings and miracles and freedom and encounters that people had in this very place. So uh, for me, when when I'm coming here, I just felt even in my spirit, first of all, to reach out just to honor this house and to honor some of the things that God is doing, uh, because uh, uh, sometimes some of us, when we do not see what God is doing, we are getting distracted by what God is not doing. Let me say that again. Sometimes when we are not aware and clear of what God is doing, we start to be distracted by what God is not doing. There is an enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus always comes to give us life and life more abundantly. And this is a season for upgrades. Is there anybody here that would like an upgrade? On my way up here, I was able to sit up front in the airplane. And that's a different feel and when you get when you have an upgrade, there's something different. And sometimes I think it is important for us also in the spirit realm to realize even what the enemy means for evil, God wants to use it for good. So actually some of the things that He is coming against us is actually one of the greatest indicators for where our upgrade is. So if I had one hour with each one of you and you were telling me the area of attack in your life, I can tell you what your destiny is. Could I say that one more time? I say, if I had one hour and you were just describing to me in your life and on your journey, and you were telling me where the serpent has attacked you, I can also tell you what your destiny is. Because where the serpent has bitten you is where you have the greatest authority. And I want you to know that whatever you've been set free from is what you can set people free from. And it is very much connected to your calling. So I'm just uh, sensing this thing because I have a long journey together with this house and with the family here. And uh, so for me, it's special. Even if we are a small group of people, uh, for me, this is a family gathering. And a part of my heart is to share life with you. And then for us to be able to have some encounters together. I don't know how many of you are hungry. But with no agenda. The best thing about God is... God. I know that's a big revelation but it's amazing because what you're beholding is what you're becoming and what you become is actually what you release whatever overwhelms you shapes you and that's why it's so important that we're being overwhelmed by his love, we're being overwhelmed by his joy, by his peace by his presence, being so overwhelmed by him that nothing else can overwhelm us So this is going to be a very special weekend together. We're going to take our time and going to share some stories. And this is just confession time. I actually went up to my room to pick up something that I'm going to use prophetic for tonight. And while I did it, I picked up the wrong bag. So I actually have Dale, Apostle Dale Mass Bible. So that was my first upgrade for the evening. uh, but I don't know his Bible very well, uh, so <clears throat> I'm glad that I've memorized it. <laughs> and then, uh, so that was one of the first thing, and the second thing is also one of the video I was going to show you tonight. But I wanted to mention just a couple of tools that I have available even before we start this evening that I'm excited about. In the last uh, year, year and a half, uh, we've been developing a couple of things that I think can add tremendous value to you. Uh, how many of you remember the message on the three chairs? Yeah, Actually, now we have a book on the three chairs. And uh, actually, tomorrow morning, I will take some time because I believe it's going to be one of those life-giving messages, one of those messages uh, that that I carry with me. And um, so this is just a little of the confession time because even before I got here, uh, I came home and I was going to just enjoy my family like a lot of people did around Christmas. And had been on a trip around the world. I'd been from Indonesia to Philippines to Cambodia, and then I'd been in Nigeria and Pakistan, been all over the world, and finally you come home and I'm just going to be with the family and relax and enjoy, and everybody's coming home. And then I got stuck with, first of all, the ear got clogged up in a flight because I'd had an ear infection. And then after that, there was this ringing sound, and then I started to get vertical. And it's very interesting because the three words that was connected for 2019, for my life, that's the very three area now the enemy is attacking. Yeah. Uh, that tells you also how the upgrade is going to look. Yeah. And, and, and if you realize that, you consider joy when these trials come against you. Yeah. Uh, but for, to be honest with you, about a week ago, uh, I was whining instead of shining. I I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was there and I was like, I was complaining because sometimes as I say, you forget about who you are and you start to focus on who you are not. And for me, for a moment, and that's what shame does with you. So shame goes in and tells them, I mean here you are supposed to, you have these words over your life. Here's the prophetic words. And, and actually you are planning to going into this big uh, healing meeting in Pakistan. You just rented a stadium. So we're the preparation for this year and dreaming and everything else. And I'm laying in bed and I can't do anything. So in the middle of all of that, it was just reminded, me but it's like the Holy Spirit said, he reminded me about my book. He said, didn't you write a book about chair number one? And I'm like, ooh, And you will learn that which chair are you living your life out of, meaning that are you living from love or for love? Because before you knew it, I didn't realize I had moved to the wrong chair, meaning I didn't have the right perspective of things. And now I'm getting so overwhelmed how big Goliath is because I don't see how big God is. So I went through this process, and this is part of me strengthening myself in the Lord, and uh, that's part of the reason we have some of these tools as part of a training for reigning program. So I just wanted to actually bless you, Luan. He has been a dear friend for many, many years, Pastor Luan. Uh, so this book is mainly just the orphan world when we operate with an orphan heart and an orphan spirit, and I, I want you to know that's a very subtle thing. Because sometimes, as I said, from an orphan perspective, when we're looking at different circumstances, the primary thing with the orphan is, I do, say I do. I do. Then I have, say then I have. I have. Then I become, say then I become. While sons and daughters is, I am, say I am. I am. And because of who I am, I have. I am. And because of what I have, I do. It is not what you do that makes you who you are. It is who you are that makes you do what you do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it all comes from this place of identity. And when you're capturing your identity, if you're going to wear the enemy out, you have to find rest. And rest has to be your weapon of warfare. And because Lucifer is restless in nature. Since he left heaven with one-third of fallen angels, he has not had a resting place. And what he is coming after, he's coming after, and there's a war against rest. So when rest, and when you find that rest, and that's primary here on the inside, when I have a resting place, I become a resting place for the Holy Spirit, (laughs) where the dove is resting. And when the dove is there, I can hear my father's voice. I can see his face, feel his love. I'm experiencing his presence, and I get to abide in my father's pleasure. Then there is an alignment before the assignment. So I'm just saying that 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 was one of those things that became very clear. So the book is primarily about identity. So identity. And then when you know your identity, you can step into intimacy. Say intimacy. I'm going into the living room with Papa. And I'll tell you something, that if you are going to burn brightly without burning out, you need to burn oil of intimacy. Yeah. It is love, love that is the fuel that is going to make us being the burning ones. Yeah. That's why that these wise virgins, they had oil on their lamps. That means they had intimacy. Oh, in the book of Revelation, they had left the first love, So there were no longer lambs. They're no longer arising and shining for your light has come. Because when we're no longer burning oil of intimacy, so from identity there, there is intimacy. And then from that intimacy, the relationship, because everything in the kingdom is about relationship. And it is being connected to the source and being one with Him. That's what covenant is all about. And then from that intimacy, you're stepping into inheritance. Say inheritance. So why would you live towards inheritance when you can live from inheritance. So when you are suddenly now from identity and intimacy and you are in the Father's house, from that relationship, you're realizing Jesus says, all that I have is yours. So so what is in your account? And sometimes we are focusing on what we do not have instead of what we do have. So anyway, so this is kind of the story. And from there, you're stepping into your destiny. Say destiny. Destiny. Say identity. Identity. Intimacy. Inheritance. 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 And then destiny. destiny. Then the calling. The orphan world is the opposite. There you're focusing on destiny. What am I called to do? And then what is available for me to do it? And then we try to find intimacy. And hopefully that's going to give us the identity. And it's a whole different way of living and loving. And I have two other things that excites me, and we've been talking and dreaming together. How many of you read Dale Mas's book, and David perceived that he was king? If you have not read it, it is a must, must read. It's kind of one of those, and I'm not saying this for advertisement purposes, but I, was, uh, I actually have wrote a book that we have on the table called Giant Slayers. And for the last 10, at least, year, I have been focusing on two primary characters. One of them is David and the whole process in David's life. And so in this whole journey, but then the Holy Spirit started to speak to me and he gave me this verse and David perceived he was king over all Israel. And when I heard that verse, I was like, yeah, I, I know I got this verse. So I just went in and I Googled that verse and there pops up this book. <laughs> and I didn't know that. Well, that, that, that's my, I think that's My friend Dale, this is Apostle Dale, Mast. He wrote a book on it, so of course I have to order it. So from Amazon, I ordered a book, and then I started to read a book, and I read a book, and I read it all through. And then the Holy Spirit says, I know you read a book, but now the book needs to read you. And I started a process of letting the book read me, and I didn't realize it. There was nothing wrong, but it was something that was not right. And on my journey towards my destiny, as where I was at, suddenly just realizing that there was still a spirit of inferiority that was lingering. And then when I saw, when David perceived he was getting, he says, "Laif, when you see you the way that I see you, and you perceive that something changes so that led to a repentance, a metanoia, a change way I was thinking. And since then, it's just been this phenomenal shift. And then I had to read a book the third time. <laughs> and I've read it three times, and there's very few books I've read three times. I'm saying that is because this training for reigning program. And this is, I know that many of us, we were like encounters. How many here like encounters? Many of you have maybe heard my story. June 6, 1995. Baptist pastor in Norway, standing in a line. Randy Clark was sharing this story, small group like us, in a leadership event. And he went down and he touched people, touch them and bless them and fill them. And when he came to me, he stops and he says, you are a bulldozer. I'm thinking, oh, I'm a Baptist pastor. That that tells you how much I knew about prophecy. And he was looking at me, you are a bulldozer, and you're going to go into the darkest places in the world where the gospel has never been before. And before you know it, the power, the electricity, the power, and then the fire, the power, and then the fire. I had an encounter June 6, 1995, and in my bag out there I have a picture of it as a memory stone because I cannot afford to forget. It was my baptism of the Holy Spirit, and my baptism of fire experience. It just changed my life. Six months later, I mean, before then, it's like I've been fishing all night, getting very little. And now, six months later, I'm in Pakistan, in an unreached area where the gospel had never been before. 22,000 Muslims in a meeting. I didn't know what to do, but there was something burning in the inside. There was a fire there, and it was a fire that took away fear. And then there was also a power to do something about it. And it all came from the Holy Spirit. And it was the first time I saw the quadriplegic walk. I saw the blind eyes open up. The deaf ears was open up. And some of you have seen some of my video. I even have the old videos from back then. And then these other encounters. But I've had about three, four major encounters that totally transformed my life. Then I had my baptism of love experience. Whoa. Year 2000, where I went from being an orphan to be a son. Where the liquid love from heaven came in and touched the deepest root area in my life. So I got rooted and grounded in love. Hey, I got rooted and grounded in love. I got rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Hey. Rooted and grounded in love. Hey. Ephesians 3:17B. <laughs> That's just scripture memorization. And then I got to experiencing how high and deep and wide and long is Papa God's love for me. Hey! <laughs> So I went from being rooted and grounded in love to then stepping into the ocean of love to know the heights and the depths and the width and the length of that love. Whoa, because perfect love casts out all fear. Be careful. This kind of a thinking can lead to dancing. And you can become a joyful Christian. And maybe the joy of the Lord will become your strength. But it changed me. It transformed this Norwegian Viking that came from cold weather and had a cold jacket. Cold weather. And if you were to hug me in 1999, it was like hugging a tree stump. But then the love came in. The love of the Father. And the Father spoke with an audible voice. And he says, Leif, you are my. And you are my beloved. You are my beloved. Not servant. Not apostle. Not author. Not doctor. You are my beloved beloved son, son life. I love you. I love you. And I am well pleased with you. Something broke in me that day. I got me an A plus on the report card before I take the exam. (laughs) Why would you live from pressure when you can live from the Father's pleasure? My life was transformed from that encounter. But I want us to know that often when you hear prophecy and we're going to have people and you're going to get prophetic words, and I'm just setting this up. I have plenty of time this evening. Isn't that wonderful? I don't have to talk to my wife before midnight. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a Norwegian humor. You just have to get used to my accent. <laughs> The pleasure of the Father just changed me. My Father is well Please with me. I'm no longer for living from duty. I get to live from delight. And then from there, this whole transformation that took place to make the story short. And we were going tonight, but tomorrow we will show a video. But then by 2013, we've seen over one million Muslims receiving Jesus. And now we're just seeing this... Incredible kingdom family movement, and I know that both Jeff and there's other people here, Ashley, and that has been in the Philippines, but in 22 countries, we actually have revival, and that revival fire is burning, and it's burning while I'm here with you, and it's burning brightly, and it is not burning out and it's changing environment, it's changing education system, it's f- changing finance situation, it's changing poor villages to suddenly where they're getting their identity back, their value back, and people start to dream again. It's changing environments. And it's been such a beautiful journey to see transformation literally of the land is being changed. and. People are talking about how good Papa God is and how loved they are. So what I'm saying is that you can have an encounter, but often an encounter and a prophecy that comes in a seed format. And if you're not being aware, it is a big frustration because that seed then goes in. And I had a man in Norway that had an encounter with love and he got so frustrated a couple of months later and he told me, I don't know what happened, but I had this incredible experience with the love and the baptism of love in the meeting. But when I got home, I felt this aggression and I felt this anger and other things coming out. And I said, good. He said, no, you don't understand. And I said, good, because what actually happened, you received a seed of love. And that went in so that you got rooted and grounded in love. So that you got rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. So you can move in. And so when love then started to take over, and what's happening is when love moves in, fear moves out. Because perfect love casts out fear. So all the fear you have had in your life is actually moving out. And the anxiety and depression, these things are coming out. Because love is moving in. And now you have the eyes of love and the ears of love and the fingers of love. And you're becoming from a seed of love, you're becoming a tree of love. Now you can become a forest of love in your home and in your workplace and everywhere you are. And people get to taste the fruit of love. And they get to taste and see how good Papa God is. And when the guy realized that he went back into the process. So when there's prophecy, you go through process. Other times, some of you are here and you've been in a process. What is about to take place is that it's like you've been pregnant for nine months. You have had a dream and you waited and it's like, I don't know if I can handle any longer. And you didn't realize what was happening. And then when we pray for you, what's actually happened? You water, the water breaks and there is birth. And the reason is that you have already been in this process. And then when we prayed for you, when you hear the story that birthing is taking place, it's because that you are ripe and you don't want a premature baby. Because it costs so much more to raise. <laughs> and sometimes it has birth defects. So those one of those, so some of you in that. So we're just helping you birth both area. So I'm saying that also, I have these two tools, which is actually 12 videos. One is to get an upgrade in love. How to receive, say receive. Become, Become. release. Release. Say it again. Say, receive, Receive. become, Become. release. I receive, I I become, Become. then I I give. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. So the process of constantly, it's a cycle of receiving more, becoming more, releasing more. And when that becomes in love, then we plug you into the power of God. And then you receive power. You become powerful. And then you start to operate in power. And so what we did was just took 12 videos of first how to receive, how to become, and release. And then interview people like Heidi Baker. I said, Heidi, how do you receive love in these circumstances? My friend Heidi, and I interview her. And then I said, Sean Bowles, how do you receive? How do you become love? And, and David Wagner, how do you? And then on power, Bill Johnson, what do you so, I'm also interviewing other people in this journey so that, first of all, I wanted to take through my process and say, here's what I do, but also some of my friends. Yes. And now we're stepping into wisdom. And my desire before this weekend is over is for you to have an encounter with love, power, and wisdom. Yeah. He says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And when you have a sound mind and self-mastery or disciplined mind, wisdom flows. Because whether there is shalom, Solomon, shalom, wisdom flows. Yes. And sometimes every single decision that you are facing right now, it's not always, is this a right decision or is this a good decision? The question is, is this a wise decision? That is the truth. That is the truth. And what does the spirit of wisdom and revelation looked like on sons and daughters. So my assignment is is to take people also through these journeys because I know this weekend, I get the the stories and often about 10% of people, they had birthing. And I love that. And some of them are learning to raise the baby if that was the dream or the prophetic word. Other ones are going through the processes and we wanted to provide some tools. So I have these and what we're going to have here, if you buy one, you get the other one for free just this weekend. And it's like $49 for 12 teaching sessions. And you go through, yeah, 12. So you have 24 videos. And you will be on a journey for the rest of this year to plug into love, power, and then eventually we're going to plug you into wisdom. Can you say amen to that? So let's give Jesus a good hand. I should open up the Bible to make this meeting legal. And I have Dale's Bible. But I I did want to spend a little bit of time. I'm actually going to hold on to this. This is so precious. Yeah, I think we take this stand over here. I just want, I feel like we need to have a little heart-to-heart connection. Oh, look at that lap, so I can Because when you get comfortable with love, when you get comfortable with love, you get comfortable with God, because God is love. And if we have any love deficiency, we have God deficiencies. And then often we try to fill them either with religion or rebellion. So I'm going to slow down the pace. I heard an incredible sermon. My daughter and I love my wife. And as I said, just I've been married for 30 years in March 25th. And the other thing also is that 30 years of marriage, and then we have four amazing children and one son-in-law. Maybe I've said it here before, and uh, I'm a Norwegian Viking that married a Cherokee Indian, and we have an African-American son-in-law. So I believe in diversity. I believe in family. And my dream is to have chocolate grandbabies in the future. (laughs) I saw actually somebody on the, I wanted this baby on the plane. I was almost like, whoa, that's gonna look like my grandson in the future. (laughs) So I am just sensing that I'm in that stage in life. I'm experiencing an incredible amount of freedom. And I'm just an ordinary person, a Norwegian. And if you know my story and the journey of my story, How did I go from Egypt to being slave in Egypt? And I am together with you today on this journey towards my promised land. But many of us, as I say, between your Egypt and promised land, the land of promises. And we have a lot of prophetic words and promises, how it's going to be. And the promised land, by the way, is not when you get to heaven. Because when they went into the promised land, there was all these giants. And there is no giants in heaven. The, but the promised land was not. This is the promised land that God has for us. And actually Israel for a seven-year period of time, there was a season where all those giants was gone. And there was peace for seven years. There was no sickness or disease. There was these amazing things that Israel got experiencing there because they took their promised land for a period of time. What I don't want us to have is just visitation of our promised land, but to create a habitation how heaven can look like here on earth. And I was listening to this sermon as I'm saying that my daughter, Lila, she sent me this, and sometimes I listen to messages that my daughters, if my kids are excited about something, then I want to be excited about what they are excited about. Because I'm just so glad that my kids are on YouTube listening to sermons. And especially when the fire of God is on it. And it was actually Sarah Jake's, T.D. Jake's daughter that was preaching. And uh, it just did something with me because it, what she called the message was uh, everything, everything must go. Everything must go. And it hit me. This is right before New Year. Everything, everything must go. And as I was listening to this message and I could feel this burning thing, what is it that must go? And she was just describing, she's driving down the road and she sees this sign on the store where it says everything must go. Have you ever seen that? I've seen the furniture store when we were looking for mattresses I saw on the furniture store. Everything must go. What I know is I'm about to get me a deal. I mean, this is an answer to my prayer. I mean, if you're a shopaholic, this is extra good for you. Everything must go because this is going to be some bargains until if you run a business, I have a business and I run a business. Then you realize there's a reasoning everything must go. Because everything must go so that something else with profit is going to come in. So there is things that doesn't have profitability in the former season that we need to get rid of. So that we make room for the new things that God wants to place in. I don't know if you're hearing me. So I just realized I started going in and do some inventory in my life, and I'm so grateful as I'm looking at the memory stones about what God has done. But then I also realizing that there's things in this next season. As I'm saying that, I need to get rid of some of the things that I can't take with me into my promised land. So the word that He had for 2019, yes, the enemy is attacking, and there is the battle you fight after the battle you won. Can I say that again? There is this battle you fight after the battle you won. So you maybe have a prophetic word, an encounter this week, and then the enemy comes in, and there's the battle you fight after the battle you won. And part of what I want us to go in and capture, because I feel this stick was made to me, prophetically speaking, at the same time period. Actually, a billionaire in Asia got my previous rod. Because I felt God send me on assignment to Asia because he meets with prime ministers and presidents and leaders. And I felt that God had a word. And I had a rod. And I just felt the Lord says, go to his place, go to his palace, and give him the rod. Uh, because it's going to be a lesson that he needs in this season. So this is going to be a practical application for tonight. But I just felt even before we're moving into this weekend, there are some things that needs to go so, that some things that has a very high profit for you this year is going to be able to come in. Yeah. Yes. And then we just have to be aware of God will not treat you based upon your history, but your destiny. Oh, Could I say that again? This is yeah. just is God will not treat you based upon your history, but your destiny. So the story here, and let me just go into scriptures, and I'm going to more quote it and if you take notes. But if you're seeing the very story in the Bible that I believe is going to be a beautiful picture for us today, the story is actually that God can feel and God can hear. And when I'm watching the news and what I'm seeing what's going on in America, and I'm seeing 800,000 people right now that are waiting maybe for the paycheck and, oh, constantly I'm being bombarded with news. Then I'm getting bombarded with news from the Middle East or other things that's going on in the world. And it is so easy before we know it to get so overwhelmed by all of the things that is going on. But then suddenly God had not forgotten the cry of His sons and daughters. And then he says, that, so if you're looking in the Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, what you're seeing here is, is the family. You see in the covenant, he said, I had not forgot because of his covenant to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. He had not heard that cry. So this whole thing of let my people go. So what God is interested, I don't want my people to be slave to this world any longer. I want you to become free. Because whom the Son set free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lordship is, there is liberty and there is freedom. So where the Holy Ghost is, there is freedom. So I started to see this thing and that there's this cry and I feel this cry now of the whole creation that is moaning and groaning for the very manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. But then I realized so many of us, were in the wilderness and we're still living there and praying God for giving us manna for today and give us a healing today. And it was not the way he intended for us to live, but it's living in this needy. And there was a season for that, but now he wants to take us into that promised land so that that can become a promised land that we can take. Because what we've been set free from, we can set people free from. But as long as we have all these things on our shelves that we need to get rid of so we can get the God things on our shelves. And that's kind of a part of the story. So the story is about Moses. And I'm going to take about 15 minutes on this. And I think it's going to help you. This is a life message for me. It's not something that I just came up with, but I I have this rod with me in my hotel room when I go to bed because in a moment I get news from the Middle East. They burned down our church. Our pastor's just being killed. I'm looking at, we're doing this event and in six weeks. I need to send a check over to get the stadium. I'm inviting 500 people from the persecuted church, from Afghanistan and Pakistan, all to come in for a big healing meeting. Knocking on the door, both of the new president and prime minister in Pakistan. So you have all these things that you're going to do, but It's impossible it's supernatural. I need God. And then I have to remember this very thing that you are going to get with you tonight, that is with me every single day. Because in a moment, I want you to know when you forget, that's when the enemy comes in. That's why it's important to have memory stones so that uh, when I'm looking at Goliath, I have the bear and the lion behind me. And I can go back to the history I have with God. And if not, what the enemy will do is he will get you back to your failures instead of God's faithfulness. And he will start to point to your regrets. One of the things we're going to be healed from tonight. The regrets when you look in the back mirror. The shame of today and the fear of tomorrow. Three things that we're going to be free from tonight. Can you say amen to that? Oh, it's wonderful. So here is the story. In the middle of it, God is about to raise up. And I believe with all of my heart that all it takes is one individual person, one person, and you restore hope. One person. I live in Atlanta, a Martin Luther King that has a dream. On Monday, we're celebrating it. One of my highlights of my life was to spend... A day with the king's family and Alveda King and other ones sitting around the table and being in there and, and being taken behind the scenes and hearing the stories. Because you only have authority over what you love. And to see when he's walking down those steps and he's looking to one side, here says shotgun and Holmes, and here's the other one, I can still see the picture. From a little child when he was. And some of the things that made him who he is. But it takes one person. It takes you to bring healing and hope to your environment. Into your marriage. Into your home. Into your finances. Into our school system around. One person to create a tipping point. And I've looked enough in the mirror. I've seen too many things. But there is some practical things that I think that we can help. So what God is looking for, He's looking for a person. He's looking for someone. Someone to get to represent Him. And we know this story. When the enemy is picked up that God is about to do something, how many of you know that God is about to do something? Yeah. I can tell you very clearly what God is about to do. How many of you see that there's a lot of division going on in America? Yeah. Why do you think that division is going on? It's because of this next move of unity that is coming. Yeah. Yeah. So as a prophetic people, we don't need an Old Testament and a newspaper to point and do the diagnosis. We need prophetic people that can see, yeah, here's what's going on, but here's what God is doing, and bring hope in and start to release it, and represent a Jesus that came to give life and life more abundantly. That doesn't mean we're not aware of the schemes of the enemy But we are not being overwhelmed by the enemy. We're being overwhelmed by God. We don't have a darkness problem in America. We have lack of light. I almost feel like preaching tonight. I don't know why. I suddenly got into this mode. It's like, ooh. But I do sense there's something urgent because I love this country. I've been to 50 states. I travel across this country. And I fall in love with my city of Atlanta. That's why I go to the homeless. So, and I want to going in and also going to the mosques. And a neighbor is a Hindu. And on my birthday, normally, it was last week. I normally come here. And I have been here quite a few on my birthday. But what I did is I invited all of our Buddhist friends to be part of my birthday party. And it was an incredible birthday party. Because that's what Jesus would do. And he, if he loves sinners, I love sinners. Right. And if sinners love to be around Jesus, they should love to be around you and I. That's right. But when the enemy sees what God is doing, guess what he is doing? He's trying to kill the baby boys. See what the enemy is doing? He's trying to kill the baby boys. Why is he trying to kill the baby boys? Because Moses, a deliverer, is coming. So if I make the list of the ten biggest areas where the enemy is attacking us, I can also show you what God is up to. And that's why we need sons and daughters that are in a covenant at one-ment atonement. At one-ment with the Father, with the Son, and with the Spirit. That are coming into an agreement, into an alignment with heaven. So we can move into the assignment here on earth. So he's trying to kill the baby boys, but mama... When she has the little baby, puts him in the Nile, and we know the story. He floats down the Nile, and there is a princess, and she is going down there to bathe and get water, and then she sees, ah, baby boy. And the princess picks up the little boy, takes him into the palace of Pharaoh. It would be like you're taking this child into ISIS training camp. I mean, if you're thinking about of all the demons of hell, they are coming into an agreement with a pharaoh that controls the world system. Yes. And right in the middle of it here, Moses is raised in this kind of an atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, this little baby boy, the one that God has called to be a deliverer, he's raised in that incredible culture. He knows everything there is about Egypt. Egypt. He knows the language. He knows the culture. He knows what Pharaoh thinks. He knows about the system. He would have every PhD and THDs and whatever it is in the Egyptian system. He spent 40 years there, and that's the good news. He gets qualified. Say qualify. Say qualify. qualify. That's the problem. He got qualified. But God, uh, first when you get qualified, you first have to become disqualified before you can get qualified. So when he is 40 years old, Moses is ready to start. He is ready for the ordination. And right now I'm ready. I know everything about that there is to know to do, God's work, God's way, and everything. I'm going to go out there and fight for righteousness and I'm going to change the world. That kind of attitude. And he goes out there and we know the story. First of all, he saw the mistreatment. And he goes in and he kills an Egyptian. And the next day, The Israelis say, are you going to do to us what you did to the Egyptian? And fear comes in. And Moses at that moment runs into the wilderness and he starts the journey. And now we're getting in with my staff. He goes into the journey to become a shepherd. He was called to be a world changer. He was called to be a culture shaper. He was called to be a deliverance. Instead, now he is out in the wilderness. How many of you have been in the wilderness? (laughs) It's not a fun place. (laughs) That's not the prophetic word. It is to take them into the promised land. But instead, I'm out here taking care of sheep. (laughs) Moses, who are you? And eventually, in this journey with this incredible rod that is carved and have all the beautiful things that you can imagine on it. Forty years, this rod has been with him and about 80 years old and... Forgot about this. This is his identity. Say identity. This is not just his identity. This is his retirement. This is his provision. This is his protection. It's been with him. If something tries to attack the sheep, he's in micro business, taking care of sheep. And he doesn't know how to do a whole lot of anything. And God comes in and says, Now it's time to begin. It took 40 years to get Moses out of Egypt, but it took another 40 years to get Egypt out of Moses. Let me say that again. For us, it's supposed to be 40 days, by the way. Ask Jesus. He had 40 days in the wilderness. And to be tested. And the purpose of the test is the testimony. So you can say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me, and I got some good news where there's bad news. And then he's coming out there and here it begins. Because now God says, Moses, you remember, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell the people there's about three million griping Jews whining and complaining they are slaves to Egypt. And I want you to go there and I want you to take them out of there and take them to the promised land. But, but, but God, I, I, I'm just you can read this in Exodus 2 and Exodus 3 and eventually. But I want us to capture just a couple of key moments that you maybe say, that's not your situation. It can be totally different. But it's practical application for wherever you are at in your walk. Exactly this principle. So when he comes there, and first Moses is God. And God says, Moses, all you tell them is, tell them that, I am have sent you. If I were Moses, I would say, God, that's not good grammar. (laughs) I am have sent me. Hey, Pharaoh, I am have sent me. It doesn't sound too good, but if you capture this, you capture everything. This will change your life tonight if you capture this one simple thing. I am. I am have sent you, I am have called you, I am have chosen you, even before you were in your mother's womb. I am. It can't be argued. What is your need? I need healing. I am your healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. What do you need? I need provision. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. What do you need? I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. It doesn't matter what your issue is, I am. And if you capture that, the only response back again is, you are. You are. And the people in your family, the people in your community, the people in Delaware, the people in America will start to say, he is. When we capture the I am, God's people says, you are. The world around us will say, he is. He is. Say it with me. Say, I am you are, you are. He, is. he is say it again say i am, I am. you are, you are. He, is. he is so anything that comes against me is an invitation for me again to get back to this i am and i know the burning bush experience before and but now we're heading into the text and so just this the text for today was exodus 4 verse 1 through 5 and then This question is, how am I going to do that? Practically speaking, what do you have in your hand? Everything must go. It's time to give up so that you can go up. It is time to give up so that you can go up. The place of surrender is the place of divine exchange. What do you have in your hand? Well, I I got a rod. And for me, as I started last year's New Year, after ISIS came in, two suicide bombers blew themselves up in a church. And all these horrific things started to take place. And I had been been in the killing fields in Cambodia and had been on a trip around the world and had just gone into RTF dealing with PTSD because of all the horrific things I had seen that year. And I sat there at the kitchen table. And my wife said, Leif, when did it stop being fun? And I had lost my joy. I was just surviving. I'm sitting there and I couldn't dream. I'm surviving. It was so much pain. This is so hard. And I was just looking in the back mirror and I was facing this. And then I remembered the a rod. Leif, what do you have? Well, I got this ministry, and we're providing for the persecuted church, and I'm supposed to be protector. I- Lay it down. But God, you don't understand uh, this ministry. Twenty years old, global mission awareness all over. It's dip- Is it your ministry or is it my ministry? Wow. Wow. Is, is it my business or is it your business? And before you know it, he went through everything. Must go, and he just went through all those different areas. Is it my provision? I am, you are, he is. But I have a son that was, is that my problem or your problem? My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Why are you carrying something that didn't belong to you? Tonight is, what do you have in your And for Moses, Exodus 4, verse 1 through 5. For Moses is very clear, I got a rod, a very nice rod. It's a shepherd's rod. It's been with me for 40 years. It's it's been my identity. I'm a school teacher or or I'm a business owner. Moses, what do you have in your hand? I got this rod. What kind of a rod? Because his identity was in what he was doing. And God first needed to give him an identity upgrade. Not what he could do for God, but what he could do from God. Could I say that again? The upgrade is no longer what you can do for God, but what you are able to do from God. That's going to be the upgrade this evening. Uh, One more time, but it was, some of you got it soon, it's going to get you. No longer what you are doing for God, but you are doing from God. What do you have in your hand? I got a rod. Identity, protection, retirement, security, value. And Moses just went, "I want you to lay it down." But God, you don't understand. This is beware. Lay it down. And I wish this was just one time. This is a daily thing for me to continue to clean my shelf because everything must go so that we can put in the things that is more profitable. In this season. And I lay down. And Moses when he laid down the rod. It became a serpent. Just look at me for a second. And we are about to land this. You do not even realize sing. If it is his. Until it becomes a (laughs) his. It became a serpent. And that his has to go out. So his comes in. So when you lay down your fear, the perfect love moves in. And perfect love takes away fear. When you lay down your anxiety, you lay down the depression, you lay down the disappointments. And I'm feeling even that He's going to heal disappointment. When you're laying down the hopelessness, when you're laying down all of the... You just lay it down. Because listen, whatever you're becoming free from, you can be entrusted with. When you don't need it, you can have it. God doesn't need your Isaac, he needs you. And then what's happening is, it becomes a serpent. So all, we do not know if there's any serpentine or poisonous nature, even what God has given. And I know that when I'm up at nighttime, and I'm not talking interceding, but I'm interceding from a place of identity, intimacy, and inheritance. So I'm stepping into my destiny. And even while I'm talking to you, this ear is clogged. And this ringing sound, and it's disturbing me. But I'm still come up here because I'm facing my giant. I'm not going to talk about my giant. I'm going to talk to my giant. And it is time to get that hiss out. And I'm laying that down. I belong to you. My life belongs to you. My family belongs to you. My children and my future belongs to you. I lay it down. It belongs to you. It's your church. It's your ministry. It's your movement. It's you. Because the I am, you are, he is. And later on he says, do you see that serpent? I want you to pick it up. But God it's a serpent, it's going to bite me. And he said, by the way, when you pick it up, pick it up after the tail. I'm a Norwegian, I don't know about snakes. We don't have poisonous snakes in Norway. I was in Australia, and they have eight out of the ten worst killing snakes, and I just saw them in aquarium kind of cages. (laughs) Didn't want to be near, but I learned something. When I saw the Australian dealing with snakes, they never touched the tail and and that's what they went right behind if snakes had ears. I don't even remember if they did. Mainly so the business end is not loose. Pick it up. But something starts to change. The very nature change. And then it's no longer just a man with a rod. This is one with God's rod, with God's ability, God's authority, God's wisdom. God's power, God's love, God's joy. Everything that is in Him is in you right now. And as long as we're holding up the rod of God, light is going to penetrate darkness. Love is going to penetrate. But what the enemy is doing is trying to wear us out. And that's what we're going to learn, and it's going to be the last activation tonight. What do you have in your hand? Moses is facing, wow, God, I have this problem. Have you been there? Let's be honest. Just wave to me. Got to call divorce. Got to call the diagnosis. We just got to call my son. And we all, what do you have in your hand? I am. I am. I am your papa. I am your father. I am a loving father. I am a good father. I am your provider. I am your sufficiency. I am your strength. I am your peace. I am, I am, I am. Worship is back again. You are, you are, you are. Environment starts to change. He is. And part of my assignment is to raise up sons and daughters, ordinary people, to learn how to use God's rod, God's way, and to be able to hold up the rod of God over their lives, over their marriages, over their finances. But sometimes we need to give up. So, and you do not know if there's any serpentine nature until you lay it down. I just felt this evening that we're going to start and tomorrow we're going to build a little bit. Then I want us to tap into our identity as sons and daughters of glory. And tapping into the love. And then from that love, let the power and wisdom start to flow. But today I just felt that this is going to be key. So I'll just give you two small examples. Then I'm going to come back in a few moments. And I felt I wanted to activate it over us. But here is the... The two things, and I want us to make a few of those because Moses is standing there because you're going to face it. You get the phone call, crisis are coming in. And for Moses, there's three million of them. They're whining and complaining. If you think it is hard to pastor, I have pastored. It's hard. I got a lot of sheep bites. <laughs> It's not even sharp, it's just… But here you have three million of them, they all have slave mentality. They're supposed to be head and not tail, they have still not got a renew mind. They want to go back to slavery again. And they're whining and complaining and Moses is like trying to solve all these different issues. Like I don't know if you've been there, but you're going to learn the lesson. And, and when Moses, God, I have this problem. I was there last Friday. <laughs> God, I have this problem. This ENT specialist says, and this one says something else, and this is here. I can't get up because I have the vertical, and I'm supposed to travel, and there's a ringing sound, and I'm not sleeping. Because what the enemy is doing, four simple things. Fatigue. And when he wears you out with fatigue, fear. And then when fear comes in, failure. And when you feel you have failed, forsaken. He isolates you. And at that moment, the attack starts. Fatigue, just no. And he's just waiting till you're down to red tank. And then he pushes the button of fear. (gasps) And fear is false. Evidence is appearing real. F-E-A-R. Ah, you're supposed to have a rod of God. I look at you now, Dave. Where's that rod? You can't get out of bed. You can't think clear. I was so bad that Friday, I wouldn't even know. I was trying to think the name of my pants. Seriously. And I couldn't even think the name because the pain was so severe. What? What do you have in your hand? Moses, what do you have? God, we don't have the time to talk about the rod and everything else. Three million people it is. What do you have in your hand? What are you dealing with? What is overwhelming you? What are some of the root fear? What are some of the things that is coming in there? Because lay it down. Lay it down when you come free from it, you can pick up something else. It's called an upgrade. The very I am. And it becomes a you are. And he is. And we know the story. And eventually, God, three million. And then God said, what do you have in your hand? I got a rod. What kind of a rod? And that's the question for you day by day. 30 days, if you do it, you're going to see the environment will change. You're going to get another test and another testimony. The 30 days you will have that. What do you have? I got a rod. What kind of a rod? Is it your rod or his rod? Because if it is not his, it may have a his. And how do you know that? Is there pressure or pleasure? So when Moses captured that, he says, oh, I got your rod. I got your ability. I got your wisdom. I got your authority. I got everything that you have, I have. Moses, what is the problem? (laughs) God, I don't have a problem. You have a problem. You know those three million people of yours? What are you going to do about it? You are my healer, you are my provider, you are my sufficiency, you are my strength. Because when you capture the I am, you capture the you are. And the world around us will say, he is. (gasps) Oh, we have another situation. Oh, time has gone along. This time I'm caught between the rock and the hard place. In the front of me is the Red Sea. Behind me, Pharaoh seems to be in a mood swing. Forgotten about all these things, and he's coming with a whole army to kill us and oh God. Sometimes I can have up to eight of those episodes in a month. It's like <laughs> got a call from Pakistan. I got one today. I get from all over the world, and things is happening, and financial health and family, and you get call and a text. What do you have in your Lay it down. Lay it down. But God! And then eventually, when you realize what you got, what God has given you, you have everything that you need to do everything that God has called you to do and to be. But the thing is to lay down yours and pick up His, so it doesn't have a His. Yes. And then just remember, that's what worship and praise does. We're holding that up. That's what the authority does. My authority is in you because I remember who you are. But when the I am in him, then you know the I am. I am accepted. I am loved. I am in you comes about. And the you are starts to be released. I'm going to give it over to Pastor Dale, but I just wanted to release and then there's one more lesson we're going to do. How many here think that there is an area of upgrade in your life? Is there anyone here that could see that there's some things that we could lay down? There was three specific things I felt for this evening that was, yeah, I feel like we're supposed to do that. The three things that I felt specifically, what the enemy is doing in this season was three things that I felt that was more for tonight. One of them is regret or failure from your past. What I felt is like the enemy is blackmailing you. He reminds you about your past. And it brings regrets. So you carry regrets. You're trying to look at the future. You're trying to be there in the present. But there's things that has happened. It can be in your family, in your life, and everything. Else. And you're carrying things from your past. And I want us just to be honest here. I've been honest with you. This is family time. I want you just to wave to me. If you know that you're struggling with that. And maybe it's that little voice. I had a, it came again to me today. It was just like that little voice came in. And I'm like, but that's underneath the blood, Jesus. I was like, oh. The second thing is, so in regard to the past, it's going to be healed. In the present, shame, shame, shame. I heard the Father says, I'm going to break shame. I'm going to set my people free from shame. What is shame? Well, shame will continue to tell you who you are not instead of who you are. Shame is going to go in there and whisper with that very voice and constantly point out to your failure instead of his faithfulness. You're going to look at the wrong report card, and you forget looking at the A+. And there's many different things. It could be what other people have done in your life. There can be many things that causes shame. But I felt he said, I'm going to heal people from shame. So if there's any shame, we're going to lay down all shame tonight. And then there was a third thing. When it comes to the future, Fear. Is there anyone here? By the way, with shame that you see that voice of shame comes in, and at the enemy just whisper, a little bit, left L- little bit left still. Yeah, this this is just confession time. You confess. I'm ashamed to admit it. Yeah, a little bit right. yeah, a little. <laughs> And the third one is fear, fear of the future. You're looking into the future, and you just feel this weight. It's kind of a little overwhelming. There's some fear towards the future. Of what's going on? It can be in your life in America with your family, or finances, or dreaming. So that was I saw. And another thing I heard him saying, and I'm just hearing that now. Wow, well, I just also said, hope deferred has made your heart sick. Yeah. Some of you have had hope, and hope. You have had the prophetic words, and you have had all these things, and you have had hope. And over a period of time, it did not happen, and now. 25 years of have been prayed for for healing and now you don't want to expect too much because if you expect more, it's going to lead to another disappointments. So what you have done is you just lowered and lowered down your expectancy level because if you don't expect too much, you don't have to have too much disappointments. And I felt that the Father says that I'm going to heal that today. And I just heard Him say, I'm going to heal hope and I'm going to release the dreams again. And there was one more. Who is that, by the way? Let me see. Okay. And then there was one more. And that was, I see there's some people, there's been dreams in your life. And you have dreamed and you had dreams. That could be prophetic words or dreams. Something shattered. Something happened. Maybe you are not in control over it. But there has been a death to it. And I just know that there's going to be some resurrection of dreams. I just saw all these caskets. There was funerals, and I was wondering, what is those caskets? And he said, it is the dreams of my sons and daughters. And I just felt that the father says, I want to, I'm going to, not just hear, but I'm going to resurrect dreams and resurrect that back again in people's life. So if you have dreams in your life that needs to be resurrected, because you did a funeral, because it's never going to happen. You just left it there. You settled with that. There's been a funeral. I just want you also to raise your hand. Okay. Let's just stand to our feet and. Do you remember what was your issue? (laughs) Holy Spirit, I just. I invite you, Holy Spirit, just to come right now. There you are. Whoa, more. You have not given us a spirit of fear. But you have given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And I just saw Romans 8:28, where it says that he uses all things out for good. That means both the good and the bad, he uses that for an upgrade. That's the material he uses for an upgrade. So, Father, now even if we're looking at past mirror and if I had just done that, or if I made that choice, if I hadn't done, or if I, and it's all those things, regrets from the past. And we're looking at all these things. If I had a little bit more time with my dad, or if I've regrets. Put it on your rod and just look at your rod at this moment because you're about to lay it down. And he's going to fill it up with something from him. And that is when you're going to look in the past, you're going to see his faithfulness. You're going to see His faithfulness over your life. You're going to see the memory stones of what God has done. You're going to see how all of those things is going to be the very nutrients that He's going to use to bring glory to Himself. So, Father, even at this moment, we just place all of that into the rod, into our rod that is about to become your rod. Anyone with shame... And I just also, even at this moment, I just want to place the shame. It's just physically speaking. That's why I carry the rod with me. I put this shame. And when that voice of shame comes in and reminds me who I am not. And even when I start to compare myself to other people, if I was like this, or if I... And a shame comes in and a voice of shame. I don't want to live in shame anymore. Sure, because Jesus took all shame so I could share in all of his glory. No more shame. And I'm going to see me as my papa sees me. There's a lot of things that's true, but knowing the truth sets you free. And the truth is what He says about you. Place that into the rod. If there's any fear, fear, fear. Because He is not giving you a spirit of fear. There's a glorious future for you. You're going to live in the presence. You're not going to, wow, live in the past. You cannot do anything about the past. You cannot do anything about tomorrow. You can do something about today. You can dream about tomorrow. And that's what you're going to have. When you're looking into the future, it's going to be full of hope and it's going to be full of dreams. Show. Sure. <laughs> well, Baba. So I just release that over you right now. And even as we're looking at this rod, anyone that have had hope deferred, that has made the heart sick, you're going to heal those hearts tonight. Broken hearts. Broken hearts. Rejected hearts. Wounded hearts. <laughs> Even hearts that started to get hardened. Fearful hearts. 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 Because when you start to dream again and then desire again, it is the tree of life. It was Proverbs 13, 12. So, Father, even at this very moment, we're putting all of that into all those disappointments. I know it in my own body right now, and I want just to confess on this rod. On this rod, it says, engraved, that somebody sent me. This is my new rod. and Somewhere here it's engraved, and it says, Luke 19.10, it says, Jesus, for the Son of Man, came to seek and save that which was was lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Lost time, lost relationship, lost. For the Son of Man came to save not just those that was lost, but that which was